Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Well, hey, welcome to New Community. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Hannah Baldwin. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, my husband and I are the pastors here, and uh, just so glad that we have this opportunity just to share the Word of God with you this morning. Something I want to start with today is that we've all heard this saying that actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. And while this is true, actions do speak louder than words, especially in relationships where we're just getting to know someone. We, we watch how they, they live their life to see if it measures up with what they say about themselves. Actions do speak louder than words. And it doesn't negate the fact that our words carry weight. Our words carry weight. When it comes to those close relationships, when it comes to your parents or to your spouse, to your siblings, your kids, when it comes to your boss or, or your coach, those words carry weight. In fact, I would say the more intimate the relationship is, the more powerful, or maybe to the point of this series, the more weightier the words can be. For better or for worse, for good or for bad, to encourage or destroy, to inspire or wound. Our words, they carry weight. Just to underscore that just a little bit more, even words left unsaid, words left unsaid, they have power behind them. The, the, these words left unsaid, they have the power to affect the trajectory of someone's life. Simple words that would communicate probably what's in someone's heart, they have such a power when they're left unspoken. Simple words like, I love you, I'm sorry, hey, I'm proud of you, hey, you've got this, I believe in you. Words left unsaid are powerful. And they can affect you and me in ways more than we realize. And in fact, what I, the fact is, is that the words that we speak, sometimes they carry more weight than we realize. And just thinking about the last 300 words that I've just spoken were probably pretty heavy for some of you. And so I just want to take a moment just to unpack some of that weight, just to lift off that heavy load. Let's go back to high school for a minute, go back to middle school. And I know some of you are thinking that was not a light season for me. So just think about someone else's experience, not your experience. There were some phrases that we heard in those seasons of life that we you know, hope to never hear again. Uh, how about this simple phrase? Uh, I think we should just be friends, right? Like, <laughs> we never wanted to hear that. Or how about this phrase? Uh, you're more like a brother to me. Some of you guys never wanted to hear this word because the moment that you heard it, you knew you were never going to get a kiss from that girl because she saw you like her brother. Uh, how about some of the things that toddlers say to us? I can remember when my nephew, who was so mad at his mom, wanted to let him let her know what he thought about her decision. And he looked at her and he said the meanest thing I've ever heard a toddler say. He said, you, you, you swan. How about that? You swan. Words that just cut to the heart. They define who we are. They, they shape us. They shape our lives. These words that are spoken to us, these words that are spoken over us, at us, about us, words shape who we see 
in the mirror. Now, most of us, we wouldn't argue against that. We, we realize the way and the impact words have on our lives, the words that sp- people have spoken to us. But where we're slow to catch up to that is when we think about our words. When I think about my words and what my words have done, the way my words have impacted and influenced others, to us, we think they're just words. And surely they would know my intent. Surely they would know I would never want to hurt them. But the truth is, is our words, they carry weight. And so consequently, we use these words irresponsibly because we don't see just how much impact our words can make. And your words, they carry weight. They carry more weight than you realize. And because of that, there, there's, because of that, we have this great power to build up or to destroy. To, to, we have this great power to speak life or death. And in fact, because of this, we should really think about the words that we are using and how we use them to influence, impact the lives around us. So in this series, we're going to be taking some time just to talk about how to steward the weight of your words. And what we're talking about today, I'm going to show why this conversation even matters. Because what we're talking about today is good for any relationship. But if you call yourself a Jesus follower, this conversation that we're having today is imperative for you to listen in. This conversation that we're having today, it, 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 is, it sets the direction of all of our relationships. What Jesus made very clear is that what we're talking about today isn't optional. He made it a command. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Jesus is informing a direction. He's, he's informing a following. He's saying, see how I loved you? So you must love another. And this is a command. He's not being passive. He's saying this is the direction of your conversations. He's this love that he's calling us to is directional. It's sacrificial. This kind of love that he's calling us to is confrontational. It confronts the way that you and I view love. It confronts the way we have a misconception about what love is. And this type of love, it it defines our conversations and how we interact with one another. See, Jesus calls us to be one another people, where we're loving one another just the way that he has loved us. Something that Brandon and I were taught a long time ago, it's a little phrase that we like to say, and we shared it here before, but I want to share it again because it really does set a good direction for how we are to walk in our relationships. And uh, this little phrase goes like this. One unsure of what to say or do, ask what love requires of you. When unsure of what to say or do, ask what this love that Jesus prescribed for you and for me, what it requires of you. Because this love isn't optional. It's a command. And so let's ask what this love requires of us. Now, the Apostle Paul, who spent most of his life teaching the early church how to live to live this love out, and really his mission continues because he helps you and me as well. He teaches uh, how to live this love out and how to let it set a direction in our conversations. And he says, follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ has loved us. Paul says, just as Christ has loved us, we don't get to define it. 
Think of it this way. We get to choose if we're going to follow Jesus, but we don't get to choose what this love looks like. We don't get to choose what it reacts like, what it sounds like. We follow Christ's example. We walk in the way of love just as Jesus has called each one of us. And here's what this love looks like. We're called to walk in the way of love just as Christ has loved us, and he gave himself up for us. So we must be willing to give ourselves up for another. What Paul does in this uh, passage is he takes this love and he he teaches how it looks in different situations, how this love looks in our conversations and what this love sounds like. And so today we're going to be looking at, at how Paul defines this. And what he begins with is he says, this is what you don't do. This is what you don't do in your conversations. He says, don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Now, unwholesome in this context means stinky, offensive, distasteful. He says, don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, think of your mouth like a gate. And you stand guard at the gate. And when those stinky, offensive words come, don't let them come through. Don't let them storm the gate. Keep the gate shut. And this instruction is so important for all of us because we have all opened the gate and let those words come out, right? Like we've all made that mistake. And can I address the tension we feel as we're guarding the gate? Sometimes we let those words come out because of this little phrase right here. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. We let those distasteful, offensive words pass through the gate because we're being honest. And can I give you a little bit of a qualifier right here? Being honest is saying what is true, and honesty is not saying everything that's true. It's not saying everything that is true. That's a big difference. If you say everything that is true, you will have no friends. If you say everything that is true, you will have no job. You will have no life. We don't need to say everything. Not everything needs to come past that gate. So if you find yourself using that qualifier of I'm just being honest, well, you are. You are just being honest and you're being a swan, right? Like not everything needs to come through the gate. Going back to what Paul was saying he starts with what to stop, and then he gives us a path forward. He says, don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but only. And I want you to pay attention to that but only, because but only means be selective about the words that come through your mouth. Be selective about what passes through the gate, but only what is good for building others up. Sometimes we hear this and we think, well, how do I parent like this? How do I give a job review? How do I, how do I grade like this? How, I mean, we hear this but only for what is good, and we think, well, I guess I just have to be passive in all of my relationships. I have to be passive in my approach. Hey, could you, like, try to be a little closer to work on time? Like, I know you have kids and stuff, but 9 o'clock is our start time, so if you could be just a little bit closer, that would be great. That's not what Paul is talking about here. He's not talking about being passive. He's really, when he says to build someone up, that's constructive language. 
It's constructive language. It's the opposite of what passive is. Passive language is deconstructive. But Paul's saying be constructive. And to be constructive means you're intentional in your conversation. There's a direction that you're taking the relationship. There's a direction that you're walking in. And to be intentional in your conversations means that you can't build up on the fly. You can't build up on the fly because what you're building with is straw. And the moment that one offensive word passes through the gate, it's going to blow that structure down. Right? So be intentional. Be thoughtful about what you're saying. It's, the person on the other side of you should, should leave the construction site built up. They should be better for it. Build up. Be intentional in your conversations. That is taking the relationship in the way of love. So Paul says, only what is good for building others up according to their need. According to their need. This is where this gets hard for me because sometimes I am confident that what they need to hear is what I need to say. I am so confident that they need to hear. In fact, it's boiling up within me. It just needs to come out. I can't tell if it's my blood pressure or the Holy Spirit, and so I just give in, right? I'm just going to let that come on out. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to go apologize to my children because I said what I needed to say and not what they needed to hear. Anybody else? We, the, we need to be thoughtful about what we're saying. We need to keep that gate shut. We need to use our words in a way that builds up according to their need, not my need, not what I want to say. And then Paul takes us to this finish line. He says, uh, but only what is good for the building up of others according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen that it might benefit those who listen. In other words, our words should be beneficial. Whether they receive the word as beneficial or not, that's up to them. Whether they allow it to be beneficial in their life, that's up to them. But our, as, as long as it's up to me, my words should be beneficial. And where this gets hard sometimes is when we, if it's hard to receive a hard word if I don't know if that person is saying it for my good if they're thinking of me and the same is true for you sometimes it's hard for you to receive a word if you can't trust that the person is saying it with your best intention in mind our intention is just as important as the content it's just as important it's difficult to receive a negative word if we don't trust that person's intention and it goes for you too it's hard for someone to receive your negative word if they can't trust your intention and so as jesus followers it's so important for us to get this right it's so important for love to be the reason why we're having the conversation so don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That is what following Jesus sounds like. That is the way of love. That's how our conversations should go. That's the direction we should walk in. Now, to close today, to finish up today, I want to give you two insights to some dynamics that happen in our conversations. And really, these insights will really help you set the direction in the way that you lead and walk in them. And here's the first one, that words are not equally weighted. Words are not equally weighted. Negative words weigh more than positive words. 
It's a fact. There's studies that have been shown that for every, that you need to hear five to nine positive words to counterbalance one negative word you hear. Five to nine positive words to counterbalance that one negative word you hear. Now, these studies, they were done in a marketplace setting, so they're, they're taking in uh, account what it's like for you at work. They're not looking at those relationships that are close to your heart. And so I would say the relationships that are closer to your heart, you, wanna, you need to hear a whole lot more. You need a whole lot more positive words. I would say you probably need to hear 20 positive words to so that one negative word because words are not equally weighted. They're not equally weighted, and words from certain people, they weigh more. They weigh more. And the tension that we feel is we think, well, I need to be able to address hard things. I need to be able to address hard things because if the hard things aren't addressed and we're only saying good things, positive things, those hard, the bad, the negative is just going to keep on going. And what we're talking about here is constructive language. We're talking about building up. We're talking about walking in the way of love. And addressing hard things is a part of building up. And so if I'm going to address hard things, which is the way of love, then I need to make sure I'm intentional about addressing the positive things I see as well. So that when I give a hard correction, they can hear it and they can receive it. And so if you find yourself as a, a negative Nancy or a negative Ned and you just happen to see all the negative things over and over and over, I want you to think about this, that what gets noticed gets repeated. What gets noticed gets repeated. And so if you're constantly addressing the negative and you're constantly seeing the negative, well, you're going to see the negative repeated. And what if today you made a switch? where you start looking at the positive things, you start affirming the positive things, what could that look like in the relationships around you? We had a season with one of our kids where we felt like all we were doing was correcting, and it was exhausting. And so we, one night, Brandon decided to make a switch. At bedtime, he started to affirm all of the positive things we saw this child do that day. And we saw the biggest difference in their, in their behavior. And it's become a routine. In fact, they ask, to, they ask, hey, what did I do well today? What did I do right today? And, uh, you know, some days it's, it's hard. You're like, you're breathing. Like, <laughs> you know, you're breathing. Like, every breath you take is a miracle. What gets noticed gets repeated. We want them to keep breathing. So, like, you are breathing. <laughs> some days it's hard. But really that moment is so precious because we are calling this child to become who God created them to be. And maybe for you today, that would be the most powerful thing you can do. Maybe for your spouse, you just need to go write the top five things that you love about them. Or maybe for your kids, tell them the top five things they did that day. Maybe write your parents the, the things that you appreciate most about their influence on your life. Because words have power. They build up. They tear down. They give life. They, they, they speak life. And how could you be intentional about walking in the way of love and building that relationship up today? So not all words are equally weighted. Here's the second insight. Uh, source determines weight. Source determines weight. Who says the word determines the weight 
of the word. See, most of our relationships, they, they're not all uh, equally, you don't have the same relationship with, uh, let me restate this. Your, your relationships are rarely the same that you have with another person. Let me explain it and then that'll make more sense in a second. With a child, you have a different relationship as the adult right? Like the child has a relationship with the adult. You have a relationship with the child. Uh, you are, you hold all of the cards and the child is 100% dependent upon you until they are a teenager. And then all of those cars spill all over the ground. And yeah, that's just a big mess. It's rarely the same relationship. It's the same with an employee and employer. You don't have the same relationship. And while every person is, is, uh, has equal value, there's not the same authority. There's not the same power. And that doesn't mean that that's something to change or to correct. It's just something to recognize within your relationships and the way that you communicate with one another. While this is obvious, like we know a parent and a child don't have the same relationship, we rarely take this into consideration in our conversations. We rarely take this into consideration, the way that we talk to one another. And the fact is, is our words have the ability to inflate or deflate based on who we are talking to. I want to give you an example. Say I go to lunch with a friend and I walk up and she says, hey, you look great. You look so young. For me, those are five-pound words. I'm like, thanks. That's awesome, right? But then I go home and imagine with me. Just imagine I walk in the door and one of my teenage daughters comes up to me and says, Mom, you look great. You look so young. I want to be just like you. Imagine with me. Some of you are like, Hannah, I don't have that great of an imagination. I don't have that relationship <laughs> with my daughter, right? I just want to encourage you. They want to be just like you, right? I will not, I, I won't deny, she went and changed her outfit right after this. She did not want to be my twin that day. But my memory says she wanted to be just like me. Now, what makes a difference? Does the words at home make a difference? No. It's who the person is. Five-pound words become 50-pound words based on who is saying those words, based on who is using that words, because source determines weight, and weight determines impact, and impact determines outcome. This is true for negative words. This is true for positive words. Our words carry weight, and the impact is determined by who is saying them. Can I do a little sidebar for the older siblings in the room? You know, your parents are always talking to you to be thoughtful about what you're saying to your younger siblings, and to you, like, they just annoy you. They're like a gnat. You're like, what are you doing around here, right? Like they just, they just, they bug you. And I want to encourage you today that that younger sibling, if you would just speak one word of affirmation to them, man, you're going to give them a solid foundation in their life. You're going to help them be built up. You're going to call them to who they can become. Because even though they may deny it, they are so looking for your affirmation. They're looking for you to, to speak that word of love over their life. Is that good? Source determines weight. And here's why this matters for you and for me. Here's why this matters. As Jesus followers, we don't represent ourselves. 
We don't represent ourselves. You're not a boss. You're not just a parent. You're not just a spouse. You're not just a sibling. You're not just a child. You represent Jesus Christ. And as Jesus said, he said, you are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. Your your words are to preserve and protect. That's what our words are supposed to do. They're not to destroy or to harm. Listen, you are the light of the world. Your words have the opportunity to bring light and light to all those around you. In fact, Jesus tells us to leverage our light. He says, don't hide it, but let your light shine before others. Let your light shine so that others can experience who Jesus is, this great love that he has for them. And I want you to hear me this morning, that if love isn't driving the reason why, the words that you're saying, if love isn't the motivation to your why, why, well, you're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You're just making noise. You're just making noise. And people aren't listening to you. You're just loud and obnoxious. Listen, you don't represent yourself. You represent Jesus. In fact, here's your one thing to know today. Here's your one thing to remember. Who you are and who you represent. uh, Remember who you are and who you represent to the person in front of you. Remember who you are and who you represent to the person in front of you. This is what love requires of you. This is what it looks like to walk in the way of love. This is the direction of your conversations. This is how you let love define what you say and what you do. And here's what's so beautiful. Jesus didn't just give us this command and say, hey, go figure it out. He didn't give us this command and say, hey, make sure you do this follow this rule. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus gave us this command, and then he gave us Holy Spirit to empower us to live this out. He didn't say you have to do this alone, but you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and he empowers you. So you don't have to make it happen. You don't have to will it. You just surrender to the Holy Spirit. You lay down your rights. God comes and allows his spirit to breathe this love through you. In fact, scripture said it's a fruit of the spirit. This kind of love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so when you find yourself in that place where you're having a hard time walking in the way of love, just stop and pray. Hey, God, I'm having a really hard time. This person, their words, they're not just hurting me, they're crushing me. God, I I want them to see the weight of their words. So Holy Spirit, I just lay down my right. I surrender to you. Would you help me come and see the one that needs your love? Help me to see them the same way that you do. That's what walking in the way of love looks like. That's what we are called to. That's what God wants to do in and through you. Is that good? Would y'all stand with me this morning?
just want you to think about one relationship that would benefit most from you uh, walking in the way of love. What's the one relationship that would benefit most from you? You know, most of us, we, we don't want to say hurtful words. We don't want to tear down. But those words, when they storm the gate, it is really hard to keep it shut, right? It's really hard to, 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 to surrender and not be overcome. So today, what if you just started praying that prayer of God? I surrender to you. Holy Spirit, come and take the lead. Come and lead and guide me. Or maybe you're on this side where you're waiting for this other person. Like you wish they were here today to hear this word, right? Like they really would benefit from hearing this. Yeah. But the problem is, is we can't make someone else change. We can't make them want to change. The only thing that we have power over is our ability to change. And so right where you are, would you just hold your hands before you, just as this posture saying, God, I give you my relationships. Would you come and let your love lead and guide me? So Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you freely poured out on each one of us. And Holy Spirit, I surrender to you right now. Just pray that. I surrender to you. I give you the right. I lay down my rights. I give you the right to come and lead me. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help each one of us to see the one in front of us as you do. Would you help us to love the ones that are in front of us the same way that you love them? Lord, let that love start in us and let it be a conduit. Let that love just flow through us in Jesus' name. Will we just follow in your lead? As we stay in a moment of prayer, I just want to talk to the person where you think about your relationships and there's just a wake of destroyed relationships around you. Like, not just on your side, but on their side too. Part of that destroyed, and today you just realize, you know what? I've been trying to figure this all out on my own, and I've never, I, you've never had that moment where you've asked Jesus to come and take the lead. And today's the day you realize I need some, a better love. I need a better way to communicate. I need something else leading me. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are ready to invite Jesus to come and to take the lead, would you just raise your hand? Just as this posture saying, God, I surrender to you. I lay down my right. Amen. Would you just pray this in your heart with me? Jesus, I thank you for your love. Would you come and take the lead? Would you come be my leader? Would you come be my Lord? And let me be defined this love that I've received. And God, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us a way to live this life empowered by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, would we keep in step with your spirit this week as we go and uh, be that conduit of love and the relationships around us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for his word this morning?
Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.